0: From Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 15 to 28, the supremacy of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church." I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand as Funke brings us our gospel reading from the lectern.
1: Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke.
0: Glory to you, O Lord.
1: Jesus visits Martha and Mary. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is only one thing. There is need of only one thing. Martha has chosen the better path, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to invite Tim and Miranda now to, or Tim to come forward and speak to us.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's lovely to be with you again. It's been um, four years since we were last here. <laughs> it's amazing how time passes, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, we're with you as a family. If you want to just go on a slide. Um, we're working with Church Mission Society. Um, and we're really grateful um, for the partnership that we have with St Paul's, um, I think this is our second visit as a family, and I've been one or two other times before that. So over the years now, it's been lovely to to get to know various ones in the church, and we're so grateful for this opportunity to be here today. Um, so much has happened in these four years for everybody. It's been a very unusual season, hasn't it? Um, but like we sang at the beginning, we can sing of the goodness of God. Um, all my life, he's been faithful. We've been um, 24 years now outside of this country, um, in various places, working in mission work. So in Mozambique, in South Africa, and the last nine years in Spain. And it's been it's been quite a ride, actually. It's been really interesting years. But really, the truth is, all my life, he's been faithful. It's it's really amazing, amazing to. Um, to see what God is doing around the world to witness things firsthand and to be able to talk about it and and sort of celebrate the goodness of God Um, so we're really grateful to be here today Um, just briefly at the back you'll see there's a few flyers profiles if you want to know more about us take one of these with you Um, you can cut out a bookmark at the back to stick in your Bible to pray for us we really appreciate your prayer Um, and if you want to receive our regular newsletter Um, You can fill in a form there to receive it either in the post or by email. Um, We're really grateful for all of the financial support that comes through the church here. We're only able to to do this work because we're linked to various churches around the country and individuals as well who partner with us. So if you want to partner with us financially, you can also do that by filling in this form and returning it to Church Mission Society. Um, If you could go on a slide. Um, Church Mission Society who we're linked with, our, our motto um, is this. Quite simply, with Jesus, with each other, to the edges. It's beautiful that we are with Jesus everywhere we go. But it's also lovely that we are in community with each other. And God calls us to go to the edges. So that's kind of been our, our sort of life call, I suppose, going to the edges, going to the places where um, Jesus is less known. Um, where there are less people. Um, and for the last nine years, that's meant being based in southern Spain, working into North Africa, where the number of believers is is small. The number of Jesus followers is, is small. But it's growing. Um, and there are many people who are following Jesus um, in the nations of North Africa. Um, if you could go on the slide again, please. The, the passage that we've just heard... Um, The story of Martha and Mary is actually a lovely passage um, for us to speak on this morning. It's an amazing snapshot of someone who is endeavouring to serve Jesus and the challenge that can happen when you are giving yourself to service. It tells us that Martha opened her home. Now we know from... John's Gospel that they've also got a brother who's not mentioned in this story, Lazarus. Um, and in John's Gospel it talks about Lazarus being the friend of Jesus, the one Jesus loved, which is what we also hear about John. Um, so Lazarus and John are the only two people that expressly says Jesus loved them, so that he was a close friend. So Martha, Mary and Lazarus were friends of Jesus. Martha invited Jesus into her home Presumably, she was the oldest of the siblings, I guess, and it was her home. And imagine what's going on behind this scene. It's just a, a sort of a, a snapshot, a single photograph. We don't know the backstory. There's a relationship here. These are friends of Jesus. Martha, presumably, has, has seen the amazing things that Jesus is doing, the amazing things that God is doing through Jesus. She has, has seen what's happening, and she wants to be part of it. She wants to take part in what God is doing in the world through Jesus. And so she has invited Jesus into her home. She's opened her home up. She has recognised this is what God is doing in the world. and, And I can play a part in this. I can use my gifts, my skill, my calling to serve. And from a good place, a good heart, she stepped out. She's invited Jesus into her home. I imagine she saw the need... And she recognised she could do something. She was thrilled. She was excited to be taking part in what God was doing in the world. And presumably, she had real gifts to offer. She's a hospitable person. She's got a home. She's got a room. We know from John that Jesus came and stayed in the house. She's operating in her gifts. She's operating in her strength. She's got a sense of calling. She's got a desire to serve. She's participating with her gifts. She's kind of the linchpin in the family. She's the one who's making it all happen. She's the one who's invited Jesus in. She's operating from her strength. And these are all really good, good things. But, and if you could go on one more slide, things change don't they? Sometimes we're operating from a place of strength, from a good heart, we're serving, we're pouring ourselves out for other people, but... what we see in this is that Martha has come to the place where she's in a place of reactivity. She's somehow become resentful. She's lost her love for what she's doing. She's become distracted by many things, we're told. Why? Maybe it wasn't as enjoyable as she hoped. Maybe she's a bit envious because Mary's sitting listening to Jesus and that's where she really wants to be and she's now become distracted by all the jobs. Maybe she's feeling resentment towards her presumably younger sister, who maybe doesn't share the same sense of responsibility for the home. I don't know. Martha's in the traditional role of the culture at the time. Maybe she's resenting the fact that Mary's not taking the normal role. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, which in that time was a radical thing for a woman to be doing. Learning from Jesus. Maybe Martha's questioning that. Who knows what's going on? But something's happened in her. And despite her sense of calling, despite her gifts, she's kind of lost a bit of focus. She's no longer acting from a place of strength. It's like her strength has run out. She's been trying to do it in her own resources. And her resources have run out. And she's asking, Jesus, why isn't my sister helping me? Why doesn't she see the need? Martha was doing a good thing. Tells us in Romans, if your gift is hospitality, give. If your gift is serving, serve others. She's using her gifts, but her gifts have sort of run dry almost. So she turns to Jesus, expecting Jesus, I guess, to say, yeah, you're right. Mary go and help your sister and instead Jesus says Martha Martha do you hear his voice how do you imagine his voice there it's not an angry voice is it it's a loving kind gentle voice Martha Martha you're distracted by so many things only one thing's needed and Mary's chosen the better thing come and sit with me And in that moment, presumably Martha had a choice. And I don't know, because the snapshot ends there, I don't know what choice she made. Did she go back to the kitchen, slam the door, frustrated? Even Jesus doesn't understand. I thought he was a prophet. Or did she gently sit down at Jesus' feet and do the one thing that her soul really needed, which was to drink deeply from the love of Jesus? Because sometimes we get so busy serving that we're caught up in the service and we stop drinking. What our soul is craving, and we may not even recognise it, is an encounter with the Lord. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that if she took time to be with him, to drink deeply, she could return to her tasks invigorated, strengthened, ready to pour herself out for other people, refreshed. I wonder if she did sit down. I wonder what Jesus said. I imagine him saying something like, sit with me, learn from me, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I imagine him gently helping her recognize that her eyes needed to be fixed back on him. You can go
3: on. So this, uh, we know all of this took place Okay, I'll try to it
0: This obviously took place a long time ago.
3: Oh, there we go. Um, but it gives us a lot of insight into the experience of the people that we work with and walk alongside um, who are heading into ministry, and many of them heading into ministry in the edge places, ministry at the edges. Um, North Africa is one of those places. It's, it's at the edge of what many of the people that we're familiar with um, know. And so we see people set off with their suitcases and you can see a suitcase here. It's been very neatly packed. Everything is in order. And we see people heading off into into some challenging situations and everything seems to be in order. Their ideas about themselves, their sense of calling, their sense of God, their their sense of their own um, or oh, you can, yeah, that's it. Their sense of, um, of their, their faith expression, what they're familiar with in the way that they express themselves in prayer and faith, um, their sense of other people and the need that is out there. Everything's kind of neat, you know, it's sort of well understood and orderly. And, um, and off they go. And they, they see themselves meeting a need. And so they arrive, you can go on one slide, with their orderly suitcases in places just like this, where it's um, far hotter than it is even here, <laughs> and sandier. And, um, and of course, there are many good things that happen when they get there. Um, so in some places in North Africa, ministry looks a lot like what we read about Martha. It looks like opening your home, being hospitable, creating a space where people can encounter Jesus. That's what Martha was doing. And that's a lot like what ministry looks like in many parts of North Africa. Um, There are also people that we walk alongside who are leading communities of believers, smaller and larger communities of believers. Um, People who are discipling others into faith. Um, who are somewhere along their journey in in knowing Jesus, Um, people who are reaching out to students in university cities, uh, doing work with students, people doing work with artists. We have someone who's um, part of an art collective and they reach out to artists in the city where they are. Um, People reaching out to climbers and outdoor enthusiasts. So, ministry looks a lot of different ways in North Africa, and there are some really good things happening. And I could spend the whole morning telling you about all of those things. (laughs) Um, But there's also some harder things that happen. So if you go on one slide. Um, So this is really what we want to talk about a little bit is the the tough things that happen when people go to the edgy places. and to give us a little bit of an insight, we could refer to Paul. So in, in 2 Corinthians 6, Paul gives us a list of some of the harder things that happened happen to him in um, some of his experience in edgy places. Um, so we read in 2 Corinthians 6 that his work required great endurance, and it involved, I'll read you this list, troubles, hardships and distresses, beatings, imprisonments and riots, Hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, a call to demonstrate purity, understanding, patience and kindness, sincere love, truthful speech, the power of God and righteousness in this difficult context. And he said that he he had to live through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, being genuine yet regarded as imposters, being known yet regarded as unknown, Dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. It's quite a list, isn't it? That was Paul's experience of being a missionary. <laughs> um, now, being a missionary isn't always exactly like that, but there have been some tough things that have happened in parts of North Africa. Um, so we've, we have had somebody who has been abducted and who is still um, in captivity. No, we're not exactly sure where. Um, that's an extreme example. But of course, people go through many, many changes. Um, and, and changes, even changes that are chosen with great hope and expectation, have to be adjusted to and bring a certain amount of stress. Um, We call these the five C's. People go through changes, they experience many different concerns, they they may encounter some level of criticism, criticism of themselves, criticism of the work they're doing, maybe they feel some criticism towards the culture that they're in, Um, and then situations of conflict and even crisis. So this, this is the normal landscape. Um, it's the, the normal landscape of life in different degrees, and in a cross-cultural setting and in and, in edgy places like North Africa, those things can be a bit more extreme. Um, so people do encounter experiences of injustice, and there are some traumatic incidents, and there's just the wear and tear of crossing cultures, especially a lot of the women that I Know and and work with. It's hard to be a woman in a Muslim nation. That's not necessarily an easy thing, if you've come from the West. And so there's lots of just general wear and tear um, that people encounter. So what does this what does this do to a person on the inside? Let's go on to the next slide. Their suitcase gets a little messy. <laughs> they came with their neatly packed suitcase, full of their ideas about themselves and God and others and everything starts to get a little bit messed up um, in response to this, the tensions in which they're living. So maybe there's some anxiety, maybe there's some reactivity. Um, Just very similar to what we read in the story of Martha, right? There's all of these hopes and expectations and ideas about herself and then disappointment. Life doesn't meet expectation. Still this wonderful woman full of... Um, gifts and strengths and capacity to give and make a difference in the world, but struggling to do that um, from this place of, of reactivity. And because the people that you know, many of us know are good Christian people, and a lot of the people we know are good missionary people, and so it's easy for them to think, Oh, all of this stuff that I'm experiencing on the inside, maybe that's sin because it doesn't feel good. And so you know, they repent of this terrible attitude that they have and receive forgiveness and carry on and then it happens again. <laughs> and, and they don't know what to do with this kind of inner messiness, the messiness of the suitcase. Um, and so sure, there may be some wrong attitudes and behaviors and all of us are called to live a life of, um, of repenting and receiving forgiveness in an ongoing way, aren't we? Um, but also, there may be experiences of pain that these people have, have gone through. Maybe there's some, some false beliefs that have kind of grown up about themselves or about God or about other people. That just needs straightening out. Maybe there's some unmet needs. One of the very common unmet needs is for community, for fellowship, for relationship, to feel a sense of belonging. And so there's really, just as Martha experienced this need to come and encounter Jesus and sit at the feet of Jesus, that's exactly what, we all have this need, don't we? And for people in missions in difficult places, they definitely have a need to be encountered by and to encounter God and to have him meet the, the needs to heal their pains, to restore them. So if you go on a slide, this is, this is really what we're all about. This is what we're doing. So we're, we're offering debriefing to people so people can unpack um, particular incidents maybe or their last season um, and, and process that in a guided way. Um, we're offering spiritual direction to people, so meeting monthly with people um, who are doing a lot of the work that I mentioned previously Um, They're engaging with lots of people in their communities and then they they meet monthly to just process where they're at with God and how they're seeing God at work. And then we work in leadership development together. um, And a lot of this looks like maybe a guided retreat or um, Tim's involved in taking guys into the mountains for a sort of a guided wilderness retreat. Um, So we're offering, trying to create spaces where people can really just sit at the feet of Jesus um, and find that kind of, on the inside they get a bit reorientated and what Jesus called the the one thing that is needed when he spoke to Martha, this is is really what we're trying to create space for Um, so our approach is always very Christ-centered in each of these things, debriefing, spiritual direction and leadership development, it's a very Christ-centered approach and we are also aware of people using very similar tools in parts of North Africa um, with people who are not yet Jesus followers um, but following these processes and through it moving further on in their journey towards encountering Jesus. So that's a really wonderful um, kind of side comment about some of these um, these processes, these ministries. Um, So as people, as we encounter people, I'm thinking of particular people now as I talk to you um, and they, they're able to unpack what's been happening in their lives there's really a sort of a, a, a straightening out that they experience on the inside which enables them then to continue to engage in their communities, to continue to give to, to give from a place of fullness, so just as Tim was saying we don't know what happened with Martha, we don't know what her response was to Jesus' comment um, what would be lovely to think is that she was able to, to kind of receive some sort of infilling from the Lord. Maybe there was some tweaking to some of the, thing, the ways that she'd been thinking um, that enabled her then to continue to open her home in hospitality, but to do it not from a place of striving and self-sufficiency, but really from a place of overflow and being with Jesus, um, which enables people to stay longer in the places where they're working and enables them to continue to bear fruit in those places. So you can move on a slide.
2: So at the moment, um, we're having a slight change in what we're doing, and we're becoming far more focused on offering a place for people to come, who are working in hard places, to come to retreat, to encounter Jesus, so they can return home and thrive in those difficult places. So we have... um, Put in an offer on a property, and over the last year we've been raising funds to buy this property. We're calling it the Place of Springs, Um, and thought I'd bring this before you today for prayer. Um, We are really in a in a faith journey, I guess, of just watching how God is going to provide for this. We put we put in an offer on the property. We asked for a mortgage. Um, The mortgage was denied. Um, And it seems like we're not going to get a mortgage in Spain. But over this last year, we've seen some amazing gifts from friends around the world. And we've now received about two-thirds of what we need to buy the property, which is amazing. So we're trusting God for the remaining third um, so that we can buy this property and it will become our home. And it will be a ministry place where people can come to retreats for retreats, for wilderness retreats, um, for times of leadership development and spiritual direction. Um, so please, would you pray for us in that? If you want to take part at all, talk to us. We'd love to tell you more about that. Um, but it's a really, it's a fascinating journey to be on, watching how God is doing something. Um, if you could go on one more slide again. So this story of Martha is obviously not just about people like us that are living cross-culturally. It's about all of us. It does seem to be particularly about us when we're specifically serving with a purpose. But it's about all of us. All of us are called to the feet of Jesus. So life in North Africa can be very intense. Um, But life everywhere is intense. There's change, there's crisis, there's challenges, there's conflict in every situation. We're all concerned about things. And God is calling all of us, Jesus is calling all of us, He's not saying, stop what you're doing, never go back to it. But there's a where is your focus? So maybe as you're listening today, you could ask yourself this question How is Jesus speaking to me today? What's happening in my life right now? How is it affecting me? In what ways am I feeling overly responsible? Am I resenting people? Am I in ministry but I'm resenting the very people I'm serving because they're not helping? Am I a parent and I'm beginning to resent my kids for not seeing things? What are, what's the real things that's happening in my life? That's where the Holy Spirit comes and touches us. How would you like today to respond to Jesus' invitation? Come, come. And sit with me, sit at my feet, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. You'll find an encounter with Jesus, restoration, intimacy, rebuilding, refocusing. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you come to us in our very real life situations. You see each one of us as individuals. You see our hurts, our resentments, our deep desire to serve, and the tiredness that comes. You see it all, Lord. So we just open ourselves to you and ask that you would meet us where we are. And that as we encounter you, we would find a deep, refreshing restoring revitalizing and lord i just lift up to you all of our friends serving in hard places around the world people who are pouring themselves out sacrificially willingly and yet they've become tired in their service lord would you restore them would you draw them today into deeper encounter with you for your glory amen Amen.
0: Amen.